0: Welcome to the nourish babes podcast. We're your hosts Bella and Madison, your go-to besties for all things women's
1: wellness. We're here to help you balance your hormones, heal your gut, learn how to eat, exercise, sleep, manage your stress, break free of diet culture, and get confident as fuck
0: about your own health and healing. Let's dive in to today's episode.
1: We're so excited for this episode. Dairy is one of the most controversial topics in the nutrition world, and as you might know, we are both huge fans of dairy. However, we didn't always used to be. In this episode, we're going to talk about the history of dairy and dairy alternatives, if dairy is really essential in a gut and hormone balancing diet, why to include dairy, not avoid it, some concerns about dairy consumption, why you might not be tolerating dairy, our own personal experiences reintroducing dairy into our diets, and four essential steps to reintroduce dairy into your diet while still improving your gut and hormone health. So welcome to season two of the podcast. Woo! We've got some amazing episodes in store for you these next couple months, and we're definitely starting off with a bang with oh, this yeah. one. So just a quick update. Bella now lives in California, and... Um, I'm Madison and I live in Utah. So instead of recording our podcast over Zoom because we're apart now, we decided to make a whole trip of it and we wanted to be together in person to record all these podcasts for you. So we're here in Joshua Tree recording all of our episodes for season two. So just a quick update, Bella, what's new with you since the last episodes?
0: Uh, oh, so many things. First off, I'm so excited to be here. We're currently Oh, there's the potatoes. Let's pause. <laughs> LOL. <Hello. laughs> we're currently sitting on the ground in this beautiful, so super cute little cabin in the middle of Joshua Tree. And I'm just so happy to be back together with you, friend. Uh, we're currently making potatoes and letting our steak get to room temperature, and we're recording this episode in between. So, so many things have happened since the last episode. Like Madison said, I moved back to California, which was so bittersweet. I literally hung out with you the very last day, the day that I moved. We hung out and got our Friday coffee. And so, yeah, that's been a whirlwind. I'm currently living with my parents. We were supposed to live with them for a month, but now it's been like three months, going on four. Uh, Hopefully the new house that we're moving into will be done soon, but I'm not making any promises to myself because it doesn't work out. Um, I also got engaged, which is so fun. Um, Me and my fiance have been together for eight years and he finally popped the question, on like the second to last day that we were in utah at silver lake which is right by brighton our favorite place that we go snowboarding and it was just so magical and just such a great way to end my trip in utah or my adventure in utah so so many things happening and i'm just so excited to be here with you and continue the podcast what's with, new with you friend
1: love it uh, so excited you're engaged if you haven't seen the pictures on instagram they're mm-hmm. so adorable uh, let's see. Yeah. The past couple months I've been thinking about buying a house as an investment property, which has not worked out yet, but we'll see. That's, that's exciting and has been on the horizon. Just been focusing on my business. I was able to finally quit some of my little side hustles I was doing, which is amazing. So like full time doing gut goddess stuff, which is amazing. Got a new tattoo, which is cool. <laughs> Wait, you need to show me. You, never even you didn't see me. it. No, it's a i if you guys didn't know i love plants oh my god i got an iris an iris on my arm that is so utah yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) the irises are so pretty in utah and i think that's about it focusing on business stuff super excited for this trip we literally are just gonna chill eat food record lots of podcasts for you all and
0: explore Awesome. Well, let's finally get into the first episode of this season. So like Madison mentioned, Mm -hmm. all about dairy. So the first question we're going to talk about is how long have humans been consuming dairy in evolution? And Mm -hmm. since how long? Uh, It's been... 10,000 plus years, like since we became humans, or soon after, we have literally been consuming dairy. And I think it's important to realize why we've been consuming dairy. And it's because dairy is regenerative. So you don't have to kill an animal in order to get nutrient dense food from it. Uh, As a cow makes a baby, you can keep the baby together with the cow, and you still have to milk the cow, or else the cow will literally get mastitis. And so By milking the cow, you can still provide for the baby cow while also providing delicious, nutrient-dense foods for us humans.
1: Yeah, and I think it's interesting if you look at old – I love looking at old vintage pictures Mm -hmm. of, yeah, just life, what it was like back in the day. and people weren't making almond milk and they (laughs) had cows because cows were like cows are an amazing investment because you get so much out of them. Right. I mean, they're, they're working on your farm and on the land and yeah, you're getting all these nutrients from them and they can turn grass Mm -hmm. into, you know, really, really nutrient dense food for us. So they are regenerative, which I think is really cool. And so, our next question is just how long have dairy alternatives been around? So, for the most part, dairy alternatives are relatively new. Mm-hmm. So, soy milk was probably like the first one that became popularized, and it really became popularized in about the 1980s. So, that was kind of the first dairy alternative that I feel like a lot of people are kind of past, but still, some people enjoy soy milk. Almond milk, right around 2011. So Again, that is not when it was first invented. That's when it became popularized. So yes, like people have been making almond milk probably for longer than that. Mm-hmm. That's when it really hit the stores and people started using it as a dairy alternative. And I think now one of the most common ones is oat milk, which has really been popularized in just the last couple years. I first learned about it probably two or three years ago. So mm-hmm. really came on the market. 2017 to about now so those are some of the biggest ones but of course now you see things like flax milk and buckwheat milk and all sorts of different alternative milks but also alternative dairy products so you see things like plant-based butters alternative butters different kinds of cheeses ice creams there's like an alternative to any kind of regular dairy product cream cheese sour cream tons of different alternatives So a thing to note about these is they're all new inventions, right? We've been consuming dairy for Mm -hmm. 10,000 years. We've been consuming these products for the last 30, 40 years. Super new. Most of them rely on weird additives, thickeners, and flavors Mm -hmm. to make them taste like dairy. I -hmm. think oat milk is so popular nowadays because it's almost – it's very similar to the Mm -hmm. consistency of real dairy, and – yeah, they're, they're relatively new. So I think most people are just so accustomed to drinking alternative milks that dairy sometimes seems like a weird option when in reality we've been consuming dairy for so much longer than we've been consuming these weird alternative plant milks. And good to note too, like these things can be a good option for a short period of time. But as you are going to learn, we are big fans of real cow, goat, sheep, dairy Mm -hmm. products, as opposed to all of these alternatives.
0: Absolutely. So when did this whole dairy is bad... Phenomenon begin. Well, you may or may not know, but dairy is on the My Plate guidelines from the USDA. Although they do recommend low-fat dairy mm-hmm. or no or soy milk over mm-hmm. whole milk dairy. Um, but in the nutrition, in the like health world, especially in the alternative health world, um, especially when it comes to gut issues or hormone health or acne, especially. Dairy is almost always recommended to be eliminated from your diet. And I don't really know where that became about, but I were thinking it's kind of around the 1980s when they started recommending margarine instead of butter. And so there's just this whole craze around dairy is bad. Dairy is causing all these issues that we feel like we have to cut out dairy from our lives and that all of our symptoms will become better when in reality, we're probably eliminating this delicious nutrient dense food from our diet. And I think it's interesting because in the alternative
1: world, it's not like you're eliminating dairy to heal and then to reintroduce it. It's like, I feel like those mm-hmm. types of people, it's like dairy's off the plate forever. Yes. You dairy's know, you back. just avoid dairy always. It's not even a, a question of
0: reintroducing it. That's such a good point.
1: Yeah. So, as far as what dairy actually is, to get really specific and really clear. So, Milk and milk products. So that is really what consists of dairy. Um, Things like ghee, butter, cream, yogurt, kefir, cream cheese, sour cream, anything that comes from milk, basically. So you can um, obviously use things like cow's milk, but also things like goat's milk, sheep's milk, anything that you can get milk from. You can make dairy products from And as far as the basic macronutrients go, so dairy is amazing because it contains all the macronutrients. So it has protein, fats, and carbohydrates. Of course, those macros are going to change depending on what dairy product you use. But if we're just referring to milk, milk is amazing because it has an amazing balance of all three macronutrients. And then when we're talking about micronutrients, dairy products are an amazing source of calcium. I mean, incomparable to anything else. Mm-hmm. Also fat-soluble vitamins. So vitamins A, D, E, and K, which which most of us are very deficient in. Dairy is also high in iodine, magnesium, CoQ10, your B vitamins, selenium. And then you're also getting what we like to call like your bonus nutrients so these are things that you wouldn't see on like a nutritional label but things like immunoglobins, which are really good for immune function good bacteria which is amazing for gut health there's also lactase in raw milk which helps you digest raw milk better there's also something called lactoferrin and glutathione which is an amazing antioxidant in the body that's in dairy So as you can see, dairy is incredibly nutrient dense, has so many different sources of vitamins and minerals.
0: Could not agree more. Now, the next question people usually come up with is, is dairy really essential? Do I have to consume dairy or is it optional or is it best to be avoided? Well, I used to think that it was best to be avoided, but now since heavily studying dairy, I truly believe that our health, our hormones, our gut health is so much better if we aim to reintroduce dairy back into our diet, because literally no, no no food, nothing compares to the nutritional profile found in dairy at all. So like I said, we used to think it was optional, but now I would totally disagree with that and think that dairy should be an essential part of a well-balanced diet. And here are a few reasons one is calcium. Most people think, oh, I." there's other sources of calcium like spinach or leafy greens. And while those foods do have calcium in them, they're not bioavailable in the calcium. So you might be getting some of it, but you're not absorbing all of it and in the quantities and the amounts that we actually need. So there's literally no other food on the planet that you can get the good bioavailable quality calcium that you can from dairy. Also, it's just so nutrient dense. I don't think most people understand how many nutrients. Are in milk and milk products, especially fat soluble vitamins. If you've ever uh, researched Weston A. Price, he was a dentist that traveled around the world and studied indigenous cultures who were virtually void of disease. And many of them included milk in their diets, or it was like the one primary food that they included. And much of his research and study was on fat soluble vitamins. And that was one huge reason why. These people were virtually void of disease because they were getting, I think it's like 10 times the amount of fat soluble vitamins they were getting compared to what the modern average American's getting. So again, it's super hard to get enough of the good quality nutrients in your diet if you're not consuming dairy products. For sure. Uh, I had an example of this
1: or just something that I notice is that there's so many different protein drinks or meal replacement drinks out there that say they're like nutritionally complete and like this replaces a meal. And I think it's so fascinating because most of them are plant-based or a lot of them are plant-based and it's like just drink dairy, right? Like you're obviously, you know, some people can't tolerate it and we're going to talk about all the reasons why and how to reintroduce it. But Instead of relying on all these synthetic vitamins and minerals and weird protein powders, like you can just drink a glass of milk or make your own protein shake that has milk in it because you're getting so much more and it's actually from, from a whole food source as opposed to being synthetically made. So I think that's just interesting that we are trying to replace this often, but nothing will ever replace actual no, dairy. No, it's
0: impossible. Yeah.
1: So now we're going to go into the differences between things like dairy intolerances, sensitivities, and allergies. Are they real? What's the difference? And how to go about addressing them. So the first one is a dairy sensitivity. And so I know a lot of people who will get a food sensitivity test and dairy almost Mm -hmm. always comes up. Um, And we will talk more about food sensitivity testing in another episode, but just to give you a general idea of a sensitivity and how it's different. So Dairy sensitivity doesn't really have a lot to do with the lactase or lactose. It also is not an allergic reaction. It's usually just indicates that your digestive dysfunction is impaired, that you just, your immune system is having a reaction to dairy and it's not in particular to a certain component in the dairy, if that makes sense. It's usually just the dairy in general, it's inflammatory, you're not digesting it well and it's typically diagnosed just based on your symptoms or something like a food sensitivity test. Um, it can be a reaction to whey or casein, or, but like I said, it's usually just a general overall immune irritation. So that's pretty common, dairy sensitivities. I would say the most common thing that people complain about is a dairy intolerance. So this means that your body lacks the enzyme it needs to digest dairy. So it's interesting because most people who are diagnosed or given the, the lactose intolerance phrase or diagnosis, it's as far as I know, there's not a test that confirms that it's like Mm -hmm. basically just based on your symptoms. If you have a weird reaction to dairy, if your digestive system doesn't tolerate it, you're just given this label of like lactose intolerance. I was told that by a doctor, like you just have lactose intolerance. There was Mm -hmm. no testing done. They didn't test any kind of lack of enzyme production, but, that is super common. People are always like, well, I'm lactose intolerant. And it's like, okay, well, who told you that? Why did they tell you that? And basically, yeah, that's just, you lack the enzymes to digest the lactose, which is the milk sugar. Um, so you could be okay with the protein in there, like the casein in the whey and the fat in there, but you have a hard time digesting the sugar, which is the lactose. And then, of course, there's dairy allergy. So this is like an actual true allergy. You have more of like an, an anaphylactic response. So things like hives or swelling, and it's an immediate response. So the dairy intolerance and sensitivity can be a slower reaction. An allergy is more severe. It's immediate. And it's usually diagnosed um, by your symptoms or like a skin prick test when you're having a true allergy. So as far as Can they all be reversed or how do we go about reversing them? Yes, I would say all of them are reversible, even a dairy allergy. So, dairy allergy, like I said, is more severe, but for sure, like there are ways to reintroduce dairy and get your body to a better place where it's tolerating dairy. Um, There is a really good rapey article called, I think it says it's called Dairy Allergy. It's a massive article all about actual dairy allergies and all the different issues behind it and how it can be reversed. And yeah, those are the differences of the different, Yes, we
0: can totally link that article below because that article was so eye-opening for me. Uh, He really just talks about how it's not necessarily always a lactose intolerance like most people self-diagnose themselves with, but rather the modern dairy that we're drinking. So if it's pasteurized, it's harder to digest. Or they did a study on kids, and if the dairy had added synthetic vitamins, A and vitamin D, which we'll talk about in a minute, they couldn't tolerate that. But if it was just normal raw milk, they tolerated it perfectly fine. Also, there are certain cultures like Asian cultures and Native American cultures that usually have genetics where they are more prone to not tolerate dairy as well. But even with that, there are studies showing that you can slowly, if you slowly reintroduce dairy back into the diet, it is possible even for those specific populations to start creating the lactase enzyme again, so that they can incorporate dairy. So again, do what you want, but it is totally possible. Yes.
1: (laughs) So now we're going to go into some of the biggest concerns over dairy that people have. So the first one I think that comes up for a lot of people is animal welfare. They're concerned that the cows are being treated unwell. Their babies are being stolen from them. They're being injected with all these hormones. Of course, that is the case in a lot of places that are making dairy products and dairy farms. Ideally, you're choosing a better quality. So when I buy dairy products, I... buy raw milk from a local store and as an example the dairy options there I mean the raw milk has been in a shortage because the cows have given birth to their babies and so they're not producing or that they're letting the babies Mm -hmm. drink the milk from the mom but they're also getting some milk that they're going to sell but in the normal world that is um Usually, I mean, it's it's not an option for everyone, but if you can buy better quality options, that's going to kind of mitigate that concern about animal welfare. And you can always do research, right? You can always ask farmers or look into whatever brand you're buying of dairy and see what their animal welfare practices are. Because I think we have this idea from documentaries and videos online that it's just all mm-hmm. super terrible, but that – That can be mitigated by choosing better options for sure.
0: Absolutely. And just talk to your farmer or go to, I think it's Mm realmilk.com and you can find a raw milk source near you or a better source near you and talk to the people. I know when I lived in Utah, I literally went to the farm and they had this cute little farm store and I bought raw milk from them and like ask them about their practices and what they did. And just getting to know how your milk is actually being sourced will help to alleviate that fear around animal welfare. Another huge concern over dairy is estrogen. So many people think that milk and all these dairy products are filled with estrogen because it's made to grow a baby cow and make them Larger and grow up to be strong cows. But I actually found this fascinating study, and I mentioned this in my course as well. They looked at uh, nanograms per five, they looked at nanograms of estrogenic activity in 500 grams. Of some type of product. So that's about two to two cups of food or drink. So in 500 grams of tofu, has actually 113 million nanograms of estrogenic activity. That is so much estrogen in tofu. And beans had about 900,000 nanograms. Whereas compared to milk, milk literally had 32. Like we're talking millions versus. Tense places. Okay. So, again, that is just, um, I think, a weird argument that maybe the vegans came up with to try to say that dairy isn't good. Uh, And that it's super estrogenic and it's going to make men more estrogenic. And no, there are so many other things out there. And just phytoestrogen-rich foods like tofu and soy and beans and grains and legumes, Like we're not necessarily afraid of those foods, yet they have way higher estrogenic activity than milk has ever had.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those things that someone (laughs) – said it or someone did a Mm -hmm. study and it's just like cherry picked and it just has been repeated over and over and over again. And I think, yeah, you have to look more into it and actually look at the other tons of other foods that have estrogen like activity in the body. So some of the other ones, of course, again, lactose intolerance, people are always concerned. Well, I can't have dairy because I have lactose intolerance. Again, like you can have make your body produce enzymes that you can tolerate dairy again. So we'll talk more about that in a minute as far as how to reintroduce and kind of what to do to have your body be able to digest the lactose. And another one that's huge too is mucus. I have Mm -hmm. a lot of people messaging me saying like, well, dairy gives me tons of mucus production and I get really congested. And I think that just depends on the person because I used to get this. I used to feel mm-hmm. like really like clogged in my nose and I would wake up feeling like really congested and just kind of sluggish and gross after having dairy. And that's not the case anymore. I have none of those issues and I think it just depends on the person and how well their body tolerates dairy. And again, I don't know who said that originally, of like dairy causes mucus production or like dairy is filled with pus and blood. And oh, so it's weird. just like those things that we just accept and don't really question. So that is not a concern because it just, it depends on the person and you can totally get over, over that. And I think the last one that people are always concerned about is just digestive discomfort. And again, this usually has to do with an issue with your own digestive system, your own hormone imbalances, the quality of the dairy that you're consuming, your overall health status. It just It's easy to say dairy causes digestive issues, but that's not the full picture. There's so many nuances to it. And it can be a concern for people, but it doesn't have to be a concern for people.
0: Totally agree. I remember one time in college, I had a dairy queen and like, 20 minutes later, I literally TMI, but I had explosive <laughs> diarrhea. It was so crazy. And I was like, I'm lactose tolerance. Like, I can't do dairy for the digestive issues. Yeah. But imagine all the other horrible ingredients in that yeah. in that Dairy Queen ice cream. It wasn't the dairy. It was all the modern BS that's in our food system now. Sure.
1: Yeah. So now we, w- we want to talk a little bit about our own personal experiences with dairy because... As you can see, we're super passionate about dairy. We think it's an amazing option. And like I said, we all we haven't always had this relationship with dairy. So just to give you a background of myself, I grew up drinking just regular milk. Just like 2% milk probably had vitamin A and D added. Was not quality at all. Just like regular dairy products. So I consumed dairy pretty much up until I was like 18, 19 years old, that's when a lot of my gut issues got really bad. And I was like, okay, well, everyone in the mainstream world is just telling me to avoid dairy. So I should just avoid dairy. So I was vegetarian for a couple years and then I was like, okay, I'm going to take dairy out. So I was basically vegan at that point. So I strictly avoided dairy from the ages of probably 23 to 28. So I'm 30 now. So that was, yeah five ish years that I completely avoided dairy and I was using dairy alternatives. So I was using almond milk, Mm -hmm. coconut milk. I would buy plant-based butters. And did you actually enjoy them?
0: No, I think (laughs) I, I,
1: I I think I, at the end I did because I forgot what real dairy tasted like. Uh, Yeah. So at first it was definitely a transition because I would eat like pasta with cheese and, Mm -hmm and I would have butter, but I, yeah, I think after a while I just got so used yeah. to plant-based alternatives that I thought it was really good. So avoided it strictly for so long. And I, I literally never thought I would reintroduce dairy again, but then I was looking, I, I mean, I would just look at dairy products and see all these weird additives or thickeners, or even like all the alternative cheeses. I was like, this is this is weird. Like, how does this taste like cheese? What's in this? Mm-hmm. And then started kind of getting into Weston a price and they talk a ton about dairy. And I was mm-hmm. like, I mean, it makes so much sense that something that has one ingredient like butter mm-hmm. is so much better for me than this alternative plant-based butter that has, you know, six ingredients. And so I started to reintroduce dairy over the past couple years And in the past, I used to get super bloated, super gassy, have tons of painful cramps. My skin would flare up. I would feel really like mucus production, just feel really like groggy and like just gross with dairy. So after all the work that I've done around my gut health and I reintroduced it really slowly, I feel amazing on it now. I consume it on a day-to-day basis. And like I said, it's because I've done so much work around my gut health and my hormone health over mm-hmm. the past couple of years. And now I'm just super happy with my ability to not only
0: tolerate it, but like feel so good consuming dairy. It's so cool because you've had crazy digestive issues mm-hmm. and you're like the epitome of who should avoid dairy. Right? Yet you've worked on your gut so much that you've been able to reintroduce it, which is so awesome. So I too also grew up drinking conventional dairy and milk and didn't really have much of a problem with it. Um, Then in my teenage years in college is when I started having acne. I mean like any normal teenager but also I was definitely dealing with hormonal imbalances that I just didn't know. And so of course all the nutrition propaganda out there is telling you that dairy causes acne and dairy causes all these problems. So avoiding dairy is best for your health and I've always tried to be health conscious. So I'm just doing what the modern mainstream nutrition advice is telling me. So like you, I cut out dairy for a long time and replaced it with almond milk, which I personally never really enjoyed. <laughs> um, I think I used it more like with cooking or like adding my coffee, not necessarily like drinking a cup. Like I would drink a cup of milk, but again, I never enjoyed it. I just, definitely thought that it was the healthier option. And then like you, I started learning way more about raw milk and the benefits and how humans have literally been drinking raw milk and just milk in general for centuries. And so thankfully where I have lived now and in the past in California and Utah, raw milk is readily available. It's so much cheaper in Utah though. (laughs) It's literally $20 a gallon in California. And I can see that being one reason why people don't consume it or aren't going to, uh, we don't buy it by the gallon. We just buy it by the half gallon, but hopefully in your state it's cheaper. Um, so then I started slowly reintroducing dairy back into my diet. And initially I did have some like gas and diarrhea for the first few days. Uh, We're going to talk about how to reintroduce dairy in a minute, which is what I did basically just eat drinking an ounce or two. But then I got to the point where my body was just craving it so much. I know I've told this on the podcast before, (laughs) but I would like walk past the fridge and just crave the dairy and I would just take it out of the fridge and just chug it straight from the gallon. And I think at that point I was drinking probably a gallon to myself a week. And I just could not get enough of it. It was just so good. And it was like, my body was like, finally, you're getting these nutrients that you've been missing for probably four to five years or longer. And it was just craving it. And that's why listening to your cravings is so important and getting in tune and understanding why you're craving these things. So now I enjoy dairy in all forms, cheese, yogurt, cream, raw milk, all of it. I love it every single day. And by the way, my skin has never looked healthier. So that advice that dairy is causing your acne or so whatever, that is coming from a place of fear and not a place of science and backed research. So again, we want to work on our hormone health and our gut health so that we can reintroduce dairy properly we don't need to just cut out this food forever because it's really not necessary
1: yeah i did i did a reel a while back Mm -hmm. um yes where i posted it just like my skin and again my skin's not perfect but it's better than it's ever looked and um i wrote about dairy just like yes how it's that's the first thing right if you have yep. skin issues if you have gut issues take out dairy mm-hmm. never have dairy again and your skin issues are going to be fine and your gut's going to be better it's like that's not the whole picture not people were all. super upset about it as you can imagine <laughs> but it's true so as far as what else we're going to talk about We're going to talk about now six reasons why you might not tolerate dairy in the first place and why your symptoms might actually improve when you take it out. So the first one is the biggest one, I think, is the quality of the dairy products that you're consuming. So there's a big difference between raw and pasteurized and homogenized dairy. So if you're pretty new to this, raw milk, or when we say the word raw, we're referring to dairy that hasn't been pasteurized. Heated and homogenized, so that does make a big difference. I mean, there's definitely you can still enjoy dairy that's been pasteurized and homogenized, but raw is going to contain a lot of beneficial bacteria and, like we said, the lactase enzyme that you need to digest dairy in the first place. So, if you can find raw products, raw dairy products near you, that is going to be an awesome option because you're it's going to be easier to digest. It's going to be easier in your system. And it's going to have some good bacteria in there. And then it also refers to, when we're talking about quality, the quality of the diet of whatever you're getting the milk from. So if you're getting milk from cows that are fed corn and soy and all sorts of other foods that they're not meant to consume, that's going to affect the quality of their milk. So ideally buying grass-fed milk when you can. And then, of course, the additives too. So if you're buying milk that has added vitamin D, vitamin A, or things like cream that always has usually carrageenan or guar gum, that's going to affect your ability to digest it. And another one is A2 versus A1. So A2 and A1 refers to the type of casein protein in milk. And A2 is more of like a traditional variety, right? So it's like the cows are more of the breed of cows that we have been consuming dairy from for longer periods of time. So that tends to be easier to digest. Also you find a two dairy in cow or, um, sorry, goat's milk goats and sheep's products are usually Mm a two. And then you can find cows, milk and cow products that are a two varieties, which are easier to digest. So the quality always matters with, um, yeah, with dairy products.
0: Absolutely. If you ever see Jersey milk, that is definitely a two milk. Um, Basically what happened in modern society is they genetically modified these cows to make them bigger and make them Mm -hmm. produce way more milk and that mutated the protein. And so that new modern protein is what makes it really hard. digest. I also wanted to talk about homogenization a little bit more because I find that super fascinating. And so basically what does it mean to be homogenized? It means that they blend it super fast so that the milk salt, that the milk and the fat part, the liquid and the fat part of the milk blends and becomes this smooth consistency. And so of course that's great for marketing. And so you don't have to shake up your milk anymore, but it it seems really innocent too. Like you're just blending the milk, but it actually damages the milk fats, the proteins and the enzymes within the milk. And it also breaks the calcium phosphates, creating these calcium soaps. And these calcium soaps are what irritate the gut and can decrease bioavailability bioavailability of calcium. So, so much of what we think is lactose intolerance might actually be that your dairy is homogenized. And I think this is super important too, because in some states, raw milk is illegal. Mm -hmm. And so usually the next best option is some kind of non-homogenized milk. So if it's still low temp pastured, that might be much better option than the homogenized. And so looking for milk where The cream and the liquid is separate is going to be a way better option than homogenized milk because it seems so simple and so innocent, but really it's doing a lot of harm.
1: That's crazy. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't well, I didn't know the details of how it like denatures the yeah, and the, the milk.
0: calcium soaps, yeah. that's what they call them. And yeah. then it makes the calcium too less bioavailable. So it's all these weird modern processes that is just totally destroying our food system and making food way less nutrient dense, less bioav- bioavailable and just harder to digest. Yeah, it's like we've we're the ones who've screwed it up. Yeah, it's exactly. It's not the dairy's
1: fault. Yeah. Stop yeah. blaming the dairy. We've messed it up. Yes. Um so.
0: another another reason why we might not tolerate dairy well is because we're low in progesterone and we're low in thyroid hormone. And um we need thyroid hormone and progesterone to make lactase enzymes. And so like many of you are probably struggling with low thyroid and or low progesterone. This is just one way. So if we work on our hormones and work on increasing our thyroid function, then that can ultimately lead to um, properly digesting our dairy better. And like Madison mentioned too, the additives found in dairy such as carrageenan and guar gum, those are both thickening agents. Uh, which disrupt our gut function and increase inflammation in the body. And they really don't add any benefits. I don't know why they add it to the milk. For texture. I yeah. Think, yeah. I mean, and It's, it's like texture. if you've had real raw milk, the texture's great. Why, yeah. why are we messing with it? Yeah. And lastly, the vitamin A and vitamin D, uh, the synthetics. So in America, if you are drinking low-fat, if you're not drinking whole milk dairy, they by law you have to reincorporate those synthetic vitamins uh A vitamin A and vitamin D back into the milk and it's definitely not it's not the same as it's already found in there. So normal raw milk or whole milk, whole milk yeah. has vitamin A and vitamin D and we know that there's plenty of benefits from them. So why can't we just leave them in there? Why do we got to take them out? I don't get it. Yeah.
1: Another couple. So one is irritated gut function. So most dairy digestion happens in your small intestine. And so when your small intestine is irritated and inflamed and quote unquote, like you have leaky gut or you have a lot of irritation in your small intestine You can definitely have a problem digesting lactose, but also other things like fructose and just foods in general. Like if you have really irritated gut function, you're probably not digesting dairy well, but you're probably not digesting a lot of other foods well. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things to minimize or avoid as far as gut function goes, alcohol and empty stomach, things like antibiotics, birth control, NSAIDs, and things like artificial sugars, improperly prepared grains, beans, nuts, and seeds. Those are some of the biggest ones that can cause irritation to gut function. And I find even with some of my clients that just minimizing some of those things and taking out some of the foods that are really irritating to your gut, that is literally enough to have them be able to tolerate dairy. So interesting. Yeah. It's just interesting that when you reduce some of those irritating foods, your digestive system just works so much better and you can tolerate dairy easier. So that's another one. Another thing that might be a factor in why you have not been able to tolerate dairy is maybe you've been avoiding it. So essentially when you avoid a food, and this happens with meat too, but when you avoid Mm -hmm. a food, your body is not producing the digestive enzymes and things that it needs to digest it well. And so if you've been avoiding dairy for a really long period of time and then you randomly have dairy here and there and you don't feel good on it, Mm -hmm. it makes sense why you don't digest it well because your body is not used to producing the enzymes and things that you need to digest it. And one of the other ones is that you're just starting too fast with a harder to digest form. So if you've Mm -hmm. been trying to reintroduce dairy and you just start drinking milk and eating cheese all the time and you're not doing it in a very systematic way and you're just kind of going all over the place, introducing dairy all the time, that is going to be a recipe for disaster. So just an example of when like when I work with clients sometimes um most of them don't really know how to reintroduce dairy most of them want to reintroduce dairy if they've Mm -hmm. especially been avoiding it and they just want to go hog wild with dairy like Mm -hmm. they just want to start eating cheese and drinking milk and having all these different things having milk in like added foods or like even like chocolate bars like there's milk in there and that can be a recipe for disaster because you're just starting too fast Mm. with harder to digest forms of dairy. And so that can be a big mistake as to why you might not be tolerating dairy or if you're trying to reintroduce it, why it's not working out well for you. So now you have a better idea of why you might not be tolerating dairy in the first place so, now we're going to talk about four essential steps you need to reintroduce dairy into your diet. So, kind of going along with what we talked about before, first thing I would do is take out a lot of those gut irritating foods and replace them with gut healing foods. So, like I said, antibiotics, birth control, medications, nuts, seeds, legumes, artificial sugars, those additives like carrageenan, guar gum, mm-hmm. preservatives, tofu, soy products, like Minimize your your intake of those foods and really focus on gut healing foods. So things like bone broth, collagen, gelatin are amazing for small intestine function. And healing that gut lining. Also herbs like marshmallow root, slippery elm bark. Those are really nourishing. Mm -hmm. Aloe vera. And really focusing on easy to digest, carbohydrate sources. So things like honey, maple syrup, fruit, cooked veggies, are great and just other animal products so before I reintroduced dairy I was starting to incorporate other meat products Mm -hmm. as well after being vegan for so long and that just helped get my body into a a better state of digestion and just feeling stronger and more resilient to different types of foods so that would be my first step is to minimize those really irritating gut foods and reintroduce some of those really good gut healing foods
0: can't agree more your digestive system has to be in doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to be in a pretty solid, good place before you're going to start reintroducing dairy. And then once we want to start reintroducing, definitely start with easier foods um, and simpler forms of dairy. So ghee is a great option because what ghee is, is clarified butter, which removes the milk solids. And so it's much easier to digest compared to something like butter, but then you can go on to um, butter, also goat and sheep products. Again, like we mentioned, because it's an A2 protein, it's much easier to digest. Also, hard aged cheeses um, don't have nearly as much lactose in them, so those are usually easier to digest than straight milk. And then you can go into fermented products, then softer cheeses, and eventually milk. And you really want to, as you reintroduce these, definitely go slow and just like wait and see what happens. So eat a food, sleep on it, see how you feel the next day, Um, and just continue doing that. And then once you get to the milk, if you want to reintroduce milk back into your diet, what I did and what I recommend in my course is to go one ounce at a time. So for one day you drink one ounce of milk and then the next day you drink another, just still one ounce of milk and I, you do that for a week. And once you feel good, then the following week you can do two ounces and do that for a whole week or for a few days and keep increasing until you get to about a cup of milk or however m- milk you want to drink a day. And know and understand that you might develop some symptoms, but that doesn't mean to give up. Like for example, what happened to me is I had a little bit of diarrhea and gas there for a few days. But again, my body was just transitioning to this new food and this new way of eating. That doesn't necessarily mean that the dairy was bad. It's just that my body was trying to adjust. And after about a week, I was totally fine. And that's when I started really craving the dairy and chugging it down. Um, So just wait and see if you start developing some symptoms. Don't just totally give up. Maybe back up back off a little bit and keep going. Because if you don't have, if you don't have lactose present in your body, your body's not going to produce the lactase enzyme. So you have to be consistent with it. And I promise you it's totally possible. And in my opinion, totally worth it. (laughs) So worth it.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of people get discouraged because they have symptoms come up. Yep. And I think to some extent if you're like debilitating having crazy yes, bad symptoms absolutely. for sure maybe it's not a good time. But the same happened for me. So when I was reintroducing raw milk, especially raw milk has so many different types of bacteria mm-hmm. in it, and so it kind of threw my gut off for a little bit, but I continued to do it very very slow like Bella said just I would drink a little bit and then the next day I would drink a little bit more and just like really, really slowly increased it. And my, yeah, everything normalized after like a week or two. So it was totally fine. And the last one, like we've emphasized so much before is really to prioritize quality. So if you have access to raw milk where you live, that is going to be the best option, any kind of raw dairy products. And if you don't have access to raw, that is totally okay. You can still reintroduce dairy and enjoy it and thrive on it and so you want to prioritize a2 varieties goat and sheep's products harder aged cheeses you can also utilize the website realmilk.com like we've said to see local raw sources near you or just go to your farmer's market like there will be people who are probably selling eggs or milk or cheese and you can get connected with them and find local sources And of course, like we've said, minimize the ones that have additives or thickeners.
0: Absolutely. I also think um, if raw milk is illegal where you are, because I know in many states it is, try to aim for low temp pasteurized dairy because it's not super high heated. Some of the bacteria is still present and it's easier to digest. Um, Also, just really try to limit, homogenize, and all those synthetic vitamins and additives because oftentimes, especially if you're struggling with symptoms in dairy, oftentimes it's that that's causing the issue, not necessarily good whole raw milk for sure.
1: So some of you might be like, this sounds amazing, but I just like, I can't do this right now. Or I just can't tolerate dairy right now. I don't have the time to like work on my hormones or my gut, whatever it is. So what are some good alternatives if you can't tolerate dairy right now? So the best one that we both came up with is just coconut milk. So I typically buy, if I get coconut milk, I get the can that has no gargum. So it's Mm -hmm. just straight organic coconut milk. It's just coconuts. There's no weird thickeners, additives, sugars, sweeteners, anything in there. Um, You can also, I found it at Asian markets where there's coconut milk without any thickeners. But I think that's the issue with coconut milk is that there usually is some kind of weird additives, preservatives, synthetic vitamins and minerals. But yeah, if you can find coconut milk, without additives, that's going to be ideal. And that's going to be a good alternative. Any other alternatives you can think of?
0: No, that's literally the only one. Like, I'm sorry. Almond milk, it's going to be a no for me, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oat milk, definitely not. No, especially the quality. Like it's probably covered in glyphosate and not organic. And a lot of those oat milks have seed oils added and nuts and seeds are so hard to digest and then you're just making the super concentrated form of it yeah yeah no thanks but coconut what about rice milk have you ever had rice milk Mm -mm. it's terrible it's like yeah my dad (laughs) used to drink rice milk it's not Mm -hmm. great yeah no so what are some ways that we enjoy dairy on a daily basis because i know not everyone likes to just drink a cup of plain milk. And you know what? That's totally fine. You would probably enjoy a cup of homemade hot chocolate. That sounds a lot better to most people and still a great way to get all the nutrition benefits from milk. Um, Other ways are ice cream. If you can make homemade ice cream, awesome. If not, there are some brands out there that use real simple ingredients like milk, cream, egg yolks, sugar. And if you can find those out there, I know Strauss is a decent good brand. That's the only one that comes from the top of my head because that's the one I buy. <laughs> um, also, my sweet fiance RJ loves to make these raw milkshakes, and he literally just takes ice cream, his favorite kind of ice cream, and pours raw milk over it and then like smashes it with a spoon and drinks that as a bedtime snack, and it makes us sleep way better. Um, if you didn't know, we didn't mention this throughout, but casein is one of the proteins that's within milk, and it's really calming to our nervous system. So if you're having trouble sleeping, that's why grandmother science or grandmother (laughs) is research is literally the best because grandma used to always give you a cup of warm milk before bed. And she probably didn't know, but it's because the casein in there really helps to lower the stress hormones in the body and help you sleep better. Uh, any others that you can mention?
1: So I love butter and ghee. Oh ghee, yeah. I recommend to almost all my clients. It is the best like place to start if you don't tolerate dairy at all. Most people don't have any issues with it because it is just the milk mm. fat. So there's no protein, there's no yeah, there's no sugar in there, there's no lactase or lactose. So butter and ghee are my favorite. Um, I also make homemade chocolate milk because I don't really just like to drink a glass of milk. I mean, I will get in the mood to just drink straight milk, but I usually make it chocolate milk. So I will do maple syrup, cocoa powder, a little bit of sea salt, and add a little bit of water and kind of like make it into a slurry and then add Mm. raw milk over it. So that's really delicious. My family has made homemade ice cream for since I can remember. We make it on the 4th of July, and it is amazing because we have this little recipe card from my grandma, and it's just like torn up and stained. I love that. It's literally milk, cream, egg yolks, sugar, salt, and vanilla. It's so delicious. So that's another thing that I love is homemade ice cream. Greek yogurt is awesome because there's Mm -hmm. so much more protein in it. So if you're looking for a yogurt option and you need a little bit more protein, Greek yogurt is awesome. And then, of course, just like having cream and coffee as opposed to the alternative options is amazing. And I love what Bella says all the time about milk being the perfect (laughs) snack for busy people because it really is. It
0: really is. Like there's no other food on planet Earth that's the perfect combination of protein carbs and fats like milk is literally the only food most foods are either proteins and fats or just mostly carbohydrates so it's the best food so great
1: so we're both living proof that you can totally enjoy dairy on a day-to-day basis with no hormonal or gut impacts so if you want more information from me or bella
0: bella how can people get more from you You can absolutely go to my website, nourishwithbella.com or my Instagram at nourishwithbella and definitely look into my course because I, my longest video is about dairy because I'm so passionate about dairy and trying to reintroduce it back into our lives. And I also have an additional video in my course, all about sourcing dairy and certain brands and how to source them in the best way possible. So yeah. How can people find me Maddie? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram mostly at the Gut Goddess and
1: currently I just have a one-on-one coaching practice. So if you want someone to literally guide you step by step yes. in this whole process in healing your gut and reintroducing dairy, I'm I'm your person. So yes, you can find us both on Instagram and obviously more podcast episodes where we talk a lot more about dairy products, but yeah
0: anything else no just if you have any questions at all related to this episode or gut health or nutrition or how to reintroduce dairy definitely reach out to us you can email us you can dm us on instagram we love chatting with y'all we do we do
1: thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the next episode bye